0: Okay, so tonight we're going to continue exploring Amunah, and we're going to learn together a classic piece in the Sichas Musr. Sichas Musr is the masterpiece written by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. It's been a classic since forever, I mean since it was published, whenever that was in the 1970s. The whole Sichas Musr is three years worth of Vaden. Three years' worth of Shmuzin, Vaden of Reb Chaim in the mirror in Yerushalayim. Tavshin Lama Gimel, Lama Dal, And each of these shmuzen are like masterpieces in, in and of themselves, and a lot of them, many, many of them are very famous. Like there's a lot of famous concepts that all the Bali musr always use from, from this uh, amazing work. So this piece that we're going to learn tonight together is one of those very uh, well-known Yesodistica uh, pieces. And uh, it is about Chayesara and the Midah of Histaglas. We'll see together what that means. So he writes as follows. B'tchunas nafsheh shel adam, midas Amidas the Afhad ha-divarem ha Histaglos means when we get accustomed to something, when we get used to something. So, And that's the way a human being is. A human being is um, a creature of habit. We might not understand how in the world we're ever going to do something, but then once you do it, and you do it again and again and again, suddenly it becomes a natural Process for a person. So, and this is true for everything in life. It's it's true for good things and something good for. It's true for bad things. Uh, you know, I always wonder, like, how people, you know, in the Holocaust were able to survive, like, even for one day, in, in a concentration camp, to know, you know, if 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 I like if I step on like water while wearing a sock, I have to get rid of the sock. I have to put fresh socks. Like everything has to be perfect. These people. We're mamish sleeping in a bed the size of, uh, you know, half this desk with five other people on top of them. No one was showering. Nobody was, you know, they didn't, they had one blanket for all of them. And the blanket was like a piece of paper and the bitter winter European cold. They didn't have food to drink, food to eat. They didn't have anything to, they, they were given mamish like nothing. And they did this for years. And you wonder, like, how did they survive? like how do people survive and I, I still don 't know the answer to it, but it probably has something to do with this Miistogolus that you sort of i 'm not saying that they ever got used to those you know those conditions, but the the human mind and the human body have a way um, to adapt and and we are able to uh, adapt for the better experiences in life and and for the worse experience of life but this is uh, what happens to a human being, and we live with these things. This is exactly what I was saying, that they were in concentration camps. And terrible, unspeakable tragedies and torture were administered to them day after day. Just to listen to these stories, the hair on your head stands up. And we can't even understand it. We can't fathom. These are people that came from homes just like we have. You know, we think sometimes because it was in Europe and it was before the you know it was in the 1930s, 1940s that. Everything was in black and white. There was no color in the world. Everything is black and white, and everything was, they probably lived in, they lived very similar lives. I, I have a, somebody that I'm very close to. He's in his 90s, and he grew up in Germany, and he's old enough to talk about it. He's old enough that he really has normal memories of childhood in Germany, and he, was, he describes the way, it was very similar to our our, you know, we had they had family, they had Shabbos, they had Yontif, they had a nice government, they had, everything was going fine, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, you know, from, it just blindsided them, and suddenly, every, the Kristallnacht, he had to watch the shul burn down, and he had to, uh, you know, be exposed to a lot of different horrible things with his father, and, you know, different terrible experiences, but they were taken from normal homes, they had a nice fireplace crackling in the winter, they had clothes to wear, they had a shul to daven, they had svarim, they had, there was, it was like a very similar life to we had, or to we have, that we have. Nishtifu b'yayin mitsula shelchiyas chayis ha'adam all of a sudden, they were flooded in a, in a, um, or they were caught in a net of wild animals that were bloodthirsty and they were murderous, and yet there are people that, these are people that went from a nice, comfortable existence to being mamish, exposed to the Shiva Madura the different, you know, literally terrible, terrible things, and they lived, and they lived to talk about and there are people that are still alive that went through this. How said, so tell me how that's possible. How is it possible <laughs> to go from one level from one end of the extreme of nice home Shabbos, Yandiv? Come and then to be thrown into the other end of the of the spectrum of pure and utter horror. Had peep, how does a human being do this? And Ruchham Shon Levit says, Elish Hama Shlovim rabim HaYuloi. There, it didn't happen in one second. There were grades. There it was gradations. It was like slowly it started, and then it, w- it was able to happen <coughs> with enough time that they were able to somehow acclimate, acclimate themselves to a certain degree. Obviously, never fully, but as much as the human condition needed, they were given that time. Umashliva achas <laughs> mishliva achas. And it didn't happen so dramatically, it happened slowly. So maybe they were taken out of their homes, then they were put into a, a, you know, a, a, a place to gather, and then they were taken onto a train, and then from the train they were taken. And, but it didn't, it was they were able somehow, some way, and again, it, this is easier said than done, but they were able to somehow get used to their conditions, and then from there, get used to even uh, worse conditions, but slowly. Until it really crashed to the bottom level, the at up. But since they slowly, slowly were able to acclimate, that's how they were able to sustain the horrible conditions, the the, the indescribably horrible conditions that they were that they had to endure. Shivas Madur of Gehanim, and they they lived their life through the seven different chambers of Gehanim. So that's a, that's called Midas HaEstaglus. It means that Hashem made in our teva the ability to adapt to certain things that it seems like really impossible to. But if you're given enough time, you're able to somehow to somehow train yourself to, to live with things. And that's why I wanted to bring it tonight, because it's Parshas Chayi Sara. is right after Chayi Sitzchak, and then we know that Sara Menu died. And we know that And we know that it's a fascinating study of contrast that Avram Avinu was the one that actually was charged by Hashem to take a knife in hand and to, and to bring up his son on the Akedah, thinking that he was expected to shecht him. Of course, Chazal tell us that Hashem said, I didn't really mean to shecht him, I just meant bring him up, tie him onto Mizbech and then bring him back down. But Avram Avinu, as probably we all would, fully understood HaKadosh Baruch Hu's command as bringing him up on a mizbech and then, of course, doing what you normally do on a mizbech and that shachting. So he was fully prepared to do this. And it was, he loved Yitzchak. It was his son. It was his, uh, the son that he waited for his whole life. And Mena was 90, he was 100. And he was able to do it. He pa- this is his 10th Nisayan And he passed that Nisayin. We know that Sarah was even a higher level of Nebua than was Avram. And since she heard that her son was taken to be shechted, she wasn't able to, to understand this. She couldn't comprehend it and she died. That's in the, the beginning of this parsha. That we're going to learn about how she, Pasha, just whoever came to her, a Malach came to her, told her the news, and she couldn't, she had a heart attack. She just, she died. The Pasuk says that Avram came to give a chesed. Where did he come from? that she got the news about the akeda from a Malach or the Satan or somebody gave her that story. And the story was, the news report was that her son was, uh, was put through a Shekidah, was about to be shechted, And Kimat he was almost shechted, but he, he didn't quite have to be shechted. Parcha nishmas mena umesa and then and then his neshama escaped v'cheinu targam yainis her neshama v'cheinu b'targam yainis and Shem Shlach hasatan v'sibul asar Shavram it was the Satan that did it according to Targam Yainis told Sarah that Avram shachted his son umesa mi reivtzar and from great anger and and, and anguish she died vatmiya beineno. And it's an obvious question, Ma Bino Leven Avram. Hakim Avram, Avram was able to endure this. It was very hard for him. He was the one that actively got the tzivah from Hashem, and he was the one that was prepared to actually shecht. It wasn't just like a news report. He was expected to, to, uh, to do the actual meisah. He survived it. Did he love Yitzhak less than Sarah? No. So Hakam Avram was able to survive, and Sarah wasn't. What's the, what's the difference between them? His, his hands didn't shake. He was able to be strong and solid. just like a doing his And look at the contrast between Avram and Sarah. Avram was uh, acted heroically, and he was able to do Hashem's Ratzin And Sarah just folded. It seems like under the strain of the tension of of hearing the news, just. Just before we get to his answer, um, I just always love, there's a, a vart that or Pincus brings in a sefer about the difference, about what you learn from this chazal practically, about the, the fact that Sarah died. So what, what happened? The Malach or the Satan, whoever it was, came to Sarah and said the following. She says that, did you hear about Yitzchak? No, no, what about Yitzchak? Oh, you didn't hear about the Akedah? Uh, What do you mean about the Akedah? You know, the the place to to shaft your your son? And, like, she heard that, and then after she said, oh, but, you know, but don't worry, nothing happened. By then it was too late. It's sort of like the equivalent of, uh, this happens all the time. Like, I get a call from, you look on your caller ID, it's uh, Yeshiva Katana of Queens, or whatever it is, like a local school, right? So they, they call you up. So right away, as soon as you see, you know, you start getting nervous, you don't know what happened, you know, was, you know, something happened, you know, medically to one of your kids, they, they fell, they broke their tooth, did this, you know, you don't know what's going to be, or, you know, it got kicked out of school, got kicked out of class, uh, you know, but you don't know what it is, so, you know, they get on the phone, uh, Rabbi Bamberger, Yeah. Oh, so, um... You know, Yitzi? Yeah, I know Yitzi. What you know? Get to the point already. Like, well, you know, he was playing in the playground today. Yeah, everything is okay. What do you mean, everything is okay. What'd what you call and Tell me. No, I just you got a little scratch on it, But that's not the way you are supposed to make a phone call. The way you are supposed to make a phone call is everything is fine. Everything is Baruch Hashem. Don't be nervous. Everything is fine, and and a lot of schools do that. You know, just it, we just want to tell you that yeah, he has a band-aid, so, so, but first you put the people at ease. Don't like what? So, so, you know, that's that. but Rapinka says that that's, that's a, a practical lesson to take from this chazal at the beginning of the parasha. When you, when, you, when you have some news to tell somebody, some people, but dafka do it in a way, you know, there are people that are like drama queens and they, they want a dafka, like, make you nervous. They want to see you squirm and like, you know, oh, did you, did you, you know what the professor said today? Yeah, no, what, well, you know what, the test came back. Yeah, had had or you didn't Tell me how you. Tell me what what's the new? You know what? No, just a lot of guys didn't do so. Well. You got a hundred, but a lot of guys didn't do so well. You know, like like that, there are people that like doing that. Some people might just do it, you know, just to be dramatic. Some people might do it to make to needle you and to shtach you, but like. It, it, this is what caused Sarah to have a heart attack, because the, it was, if he would have just said right away, so, Yitzchak is fine, just, I just want you to know that he was put on an arcade, he passed the test with flying cars. everything is fine, he's coming home, you know, everything is good. That's, that, but it was said in a way that told the bad, or like presented in a very scary light, and she couldn't she couldn't handle it so you have to like when you're breaking news somebody you always try to like say everything is fine don't worry everything is fine i mean i know when you say everything is fine sometimes it makes you even more nervous but but at least you're giving some baseline of of you know that, that everything is it's not crazy bad if it's bad it's not crazy bad that's what pinka says a beautiful insight but anyway getting back to Chaim Shmulevitz, achein avram avinu hekhnisa, there's a very inherent difference between Avram Avinu and Sara by the Akeda. Avram Avinu wasn't, it wasn't just dropped the news, like a news flash, a breaking news. You know, your son just was shafted on the Akeda and he came wasn't, Kemat didn't make it. That's not how it happened. He was told it slowly. Look at how HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so thoughtful. And, and as Rashi says, Vayemer Kachna, take please, Espincha, your son, as Yechidcha, your only son, Esherapta. Who you love, Es Yitzchak, finally getting to Yitzchak, And then and Rashi brings down the chazal. Es bincha, when he says, Your son, Amalashneh Banmi, I have two sons. I I know. Es Ychitcha, your only son. Amal Zey Yachlima vize Yachhleimah Shahto. The son that you love. Amal Yashne but but the process of of breaking it to him was gentle. It was it was slow. It was deliberate that it shouldn't it shouldn't jolt him. It wasn't, this is what you gotta do. I want you to take Yitzchak, and a Shachtim. First, get people used to it, slowly. Like, just break in the... break. People could comprehend that. You know, I remember I once had to tell a boy in yeshiva that his brother was nifter. It was one of the hardest uh, things I ever had to do here. And um, anyway, I didn't know how to do it. How how do you go and tell tell somebody that the brother was nifter? And I, you know, I I went to his room and... uh, and uh, and you know she wasn't with him, and, and like he knew that something was off. Like, why well, I never go into the dorms. Like, what well, you know? Why would you? Why would I be here? But anyway, eventually, like after we talked, you know, I I said, you know, I have something. Anyway, you, you tell you you break it in a slow, in a very slow, delicate, diplomatic, deliberate manner. You don't you don't just drop a bomb. People can't take that. You can't break news like that to people. Avramovino was given the news very very slowly and 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 very. Fragily, delicately, and then until he was finally told as Yitzchak, Messiah, Rashi and Rashi there concludes. Why wasn't he told right away that it's Yitzchak? Exactly this var, Though he didn't want to shock him, it would be too much of a shock to the system. A human body cannot cannot handle that. If he'd go crazy. If HaKadosh Baruch would have immediately told him right away that Yitzchak is, you know, I want you to shecht him on the mezbah, the Netrefes, tr- his mind would have literally gone, gone, you know, terrible. He would not have been able to be, even the great Avramavinu. This would be a, this... This is the ultimate test. This is the 10th test. It was the, the main test. It was the climax of all the tests. But he might not have passed the test if it would have been given to him in a different sort of way. Because it was too sudden. And that's why it was given drip, drip. And now that made Avraham Avinu understand and absorb, okay, one of my sons I have to give up. Okay, I can accept that. But at least it's a, it's a soft landing. I still don't know who. For what purpose? Your only son. Now there's another time, another pause, another, another time to digest. Amla and then Avram Avinu was able to cool his his emotions a little bit down. He was able to overcome the intense love that he had for Yitzchak. And here's was the mitzvah calmly and without, without having his brain scattered he He gave his most beloved thing in the world, Yitzchak, and this is the the key here She got this dropped on her like a bomb she had a heart attack. And so it's very important. Uh, this is a very important insight in life. The midas has taglas. So, gave us this mida because otherwise you wouldn't be able to survive. Some people get terrible news, and they wouldn't. There's no way you could survive certain news that you hear. How do you? How do you understand? How do you process it? But you know, if you do it slowly, if somebody is smart and breaks news to people in the right way and with the right tenderness and the right. Uh, Balance and 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 deliberation. Then the human body, as frail as it is, but at least it gives it gives a person a chance to absorb absorb this great body blow. That's one you say of Chaim Shlavit gives us, and it's a very important uh, and famous lesson. But here's the really famous one. We have to turn the page, and at the end of uh, at the end of this mimer. There's a little note by the, with a gimel on top of it and it's a, it's a short two paragraphs but this is really what I wanted to speak about tonight because this is really what the topic of our series is on, uh, of exploring Amuna, because this is a critical lesson that we take from this week's parsha. I have a different pshatz in why Sari Yimena did not get was not able to to withstand uh, this Nisayin, and Avram Avinu was. Why did, did Avram Avinu survive in Natsara? It's simple. A person should never invite upon himself Nisayin. You shouldn't bring upon yourself a Nisayin. What does it mean you shouldn't bring upon yourself a Nisayin? It means that. It means that. Well, I'll give you a practical explanation of what this means. Sometimes people think that that what they should do is they should, um, you know, let's say uh, I'll give you a crazy example. Okay, you go, uh, you know, you're you're going to go to Manhattan and you're going to go into a place that's like completely, you know, dangerous, inappropriate for a bentire to be in. And then and then I'm gonna have Nisanis, but I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna I'm not gonna do anything really crazy. I'll just I'll be able to keep it in check. I'm gonna to go to a, a club, I'll just have a drink there, and even though there are people walking around doing things, whatever, I'm gonna be on Sayan. And people think, oh but that's that's a Milo because you get extra points probably for, for being Miskabra over Yetzer. That's not that's not what a Ben is supposed to, a is supposed to do. You're not supposed to put yourself in Nisayan and then and then escape the Nisayan. You're supposed to the Nisayan starts when you're here. Like when you, when your friends are calling, hey you wanna go into the city where we're gonna have a great time tonight. Then that's the Nisayan. The Nisayan is not, okay, I'm gonna go and then I'm but I'm, I'm gonna really try not to do anything really bad. That's not the nisayin. Then it's too late already. Then you already put yourself into into harm's way. This is the nisayin is now when you're when you have to make the decision of should I go to Manhattan or not go to Manhattan. That's when that's the nisayin. But you don't put yourself in a in a matzah of Nisayan. You do you know whatever. There's so many examples. You know if you know that you have a, an issue with shmirasenayim, so. You know, you and your roommate is not here, and you're going back to the dorm, and you have your laptop. So, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you might have a problem tonight if you go back to the dorm, and you're going to expose yourself to, to 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 things that you you know from past experiences that you haven't you haven't fared too well in the exact same environment, in the exact same circumstance. So, but I'm going to try. I'm going to go back and see how it goes. That's not. That's, you're not supposed to put yourself in a sign. The, the challenge is to avoid those types of the and to know that it's too hard for me to to, to to pass that test. So don't put yourself in the test in the first place. You know, give your laptop to your friend or to your Rebbe or lock it, you know, lock it up in, uh, you know, wherever, in your locker and then go back to the dorm because it's not, it's not a good idea. So... And Chazal tell us this. Chazal say, "La'ayin la'yavi adam es atzulni nisayin." A person should not put himself in a nisayin, because David Melach put himself in a nisayin, and that didn't work out too well for him. Ubi arne makamacher shakadish barchu nisay nisayin Adam. This is a this is his famous line. When Hashem gives a nisayin to a person, how a nisayin nitzal like lamidbay. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't throw us to the dogs. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't say, I'm going to give you a, a, a nisayan that's impossible for you to pass and let's see what happens. HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't trying to, to make you squirm, isn't trying to put you in a situation that you can't pass the test. If HaKadosh Baruch gives a person a Nisayin, he equips the person at the same time as he's giving the nisayan, he equips him with the wherewithal to endure the Nisayah It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that, the, that suddenly the person's Superman. It's still going to be hard, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want a person to die from a Nisayin. If it's a Nisayin, he's checking our Bechira and how, we, how strong we're going to be in, in, a, in a very challenging moment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the strength to pass the test, which is a very important lesson in Amuna. It's a very important lesson in Amunah because sometimes you say, "God, what are you doing? I can't do this. Why, why, why are you giving me challenge? I can't handle it." And and it's hard. I'm not I'm not telling you that it's an easy thing, and I don't even understand fully. You know how how far to take this, but what Chaim Shmulevitz seems to be telling us is that if you ha- if Hashem is giving you this particular nisayin, whatever it is, and everybody has their own nisayinus in life. But if he's giving you this particular Nisan, it's important for us to know that it's I could pass this test. I could a who gives me the strength and the fortitude to be able to get through it. So if let's say I have I am having Nisan with Shemir enayim, and I say like it's impossible. I, I throw in the towel. I surrender. I can't handle. I can't, I'm 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 just completely a slave to my Tivus. Whatever it is, you know, if it's uh, addiction to alcohol, to uh, Shemir Senayim issues, the to drugs, the to smoking, to, to, you know, to whatever the taiva is, you should know that it's hard, it's, that's why it's a Nisayin, but don't think that it's out of your league, that you're, that you can't, you can you can grapple with you can't tackle this Nisayin. You could tackle it. HaKadosh Baruch is not putting you in a room with like a, with a, you know, like a world-class wrestler and expecting you to take the guy down if he's putting you in a room with a world-class wrestler, that clearly means that you're, you can go toe-to-toe with him. And, and it's, this is a, a, a very foundational lesson in emuna because it, it allows us to understand that we have powers that we don't know that we have. And we don't understand. When we see other people going through situations, we can't understand how they're able to get through it. I, you know... Without getting into specifics, I you know there I know people personally that are living right now as we speak in unspeakable torture, unspeakable torture, like medical conditions that I would if I was Chas v'Shalom in that for two seconds I'd I'd like I would I don't know what I would do, and this person is going through it for for weeks and weeks and weeks, and. Um, and you don't know how they do it. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they know how they do it. But one thing is for sure that Hashem must be giving them tremendous powers to endure whatever they have to endure. I don't know why Hashem is giving them tests. I don't know why Hashem gives, you know, specific things to specific people. But there's reasons for everything and that we don't, we don't, we're not privy to yet. But, but we should know that if Hashem is testing us, Hashem is also giving us a uh, a very fully packed uh, knapsack with all of the equipment that we need in it to get through this. We're not, he's not sending us out into the desert without without water, and he's not he he has he has he gives us the provisions that we need to fill up our our tank with to get us through it. That's why. That's why. Don't put yourself in a nissayin. Why? If Hashem didn't give you the Nisayan, you're giving yourself the nissayin. He says, like, you can't. Why can't I go back to my dorm room with a laptop if my roommate's not there and and uh, and I cut a lock on the door? You know why? Why can't Hashem? Doesn't Hashem equip me for every Nisayan? No, Hashem only equips me for the nissayin is that. He gives me. If he's giving me an Isain, then he gives me the he, he equips me to handle it. If I'm giving myself an Isain, then I'm on my own. Hashem's not gonna give me the power to that don't so that's why you wonder something, I don't get it. Why didn't Hashem, you know, why why was I Nikchal last night? Well, I don't know. You have to ask yourself, you put yourself in an Isayan. If you didn't, that's a different story. But if you put yourself in an Isain, then it's not such a question anymore because Hashem doesn't give you the wherewithal to, to rise to the occasion if, if he didn't put you in that occasion. He only gives us the, the strength and the equipment if he puts us there. But if we put ourselves there, then that's our problem. Ha'akeda ha'is nisayin So in answer to this question, the Akeida was whose nisayin? It was Avram avinu's nisayin. It was the 10th of his asara nisayin as Akresh tested tested the and together with the giving of those tests with this specific test he gave him the kayach to be aimed to, to withstand this test as opposed to sarah shlo'initin la'fanani sain this wasn't her nisayan. This was not her nissan. She didn't get this wasn't a an Asar Asar Nasu. It was Avram Avinu that got these tests. This wasn't Sara's test. She was collateral to this test, but she wasn't actually being tested. If she wasn't being tested, she wasn't given the, the equipment to handle this Nisayan. Yes, she was greater than Avram Avinu Nebuah. And on the other hand, the Nisayin that she had to endure was much smaller. She didn't have to shecht anybody. She wasn't expected to take Yitzhak on the Akedah. She was just a bystander. Yet, but she could not endure it. Why? Because she was not equipped to handle it. Avraham was equipped to handle it. She was not. And so we have two terutzim for this question by Rebbechaim Shemulevitz. The first is the midas heistaglas, which enables a person, if it's broken, if the news is broken slowly, to be able to absorb it and to acclimate and to, and to ultimately survive it. If it's given as a shock, then it's very hard, if not impossible, to survive. And that's what we were saying, that there's a practical application of that when we Tell people news. You have to do it in a very, very uh, thoughtful and, and way. You can't do it rushed and you can't do it shockingly. But as far as Amunah is concerned, this second piece is gold. That I have Amuna and Hashem. That when you, you when do you need Amuna? When do you really need Amuna? When things are bad, when things are good, Amunah is easy. No, oh, and it's not a big deal to have a muna when you win the lottery and you have a great job and everything is going well. And yet, you, you know, when when things are going well, a muna is just like a it's like a feather in your cap. Yeah, I have a muna bitach Like, but when is the amuna tested? It's always important to have a muna even when things are good. Sometimes you need, you know, it's important to remember Hashem when things are good also because you can sometimes throw them away and say thank you very much, but I did this on my own. So a muna is very important when you're when you're doing, you know, when you're successful as well, but Amuna's is really hard when things are bad. When things are good, okay, I'm good with God. When things are bad, God, what are you doing to me? I, I, can't, do, I can't handle this. It's impossible. Right? We, get, we get into like this, uh, this, sometimes we get into this like a hissy fit that like, I can't take it. I don't know why God hates me. And then, you know, right away we throw, we, 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 we throw Hashem away. And our Emunah starts getting very shaky and we, when, things, when things don't go our way, and at that moment, it's important to remember that for some reason we're being challenged. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is giving us this nisayin. We need it. It's a it's a kapara. It's something that's. Or like the Ramban says that through through an Isayin you get raised higher, you know you get you attain higher levels of of closeness to Hashem, and we know that that's true. When people are tested, when people al get very sick and then they they survive, they get very often much closer to Hashem because they you know, they're, they're, they, stay. they they stiag they they through the through the relationship and through the challenges, they get very close to God. Um, uh, a relationship that you don't really develop when things are really good. When things are bad, and you 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 respond in the appropriate way, and you daven, you get close to Hashem, and you cry to Him, and you you know you live with Him. So then you could really get you could you could be raised like an isyan is from the lashon of a nace the saw nace to raise like a banner. The flag, you know, you, you raise the flag on the flagpole every, every step of the way, and it goes higher and higher. And, and with every one of the Asar and Asenists that Abraham had, he was getting more and more elevated, more spiritually close to HaKadosh And we all have that whenever we have it. But, but it's very important to remember that when we go through challenging times to catch ourselves and, to, and, 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 and just remind ourselves of these, these few lines that we learned tonight. That if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving me this nisayan, it means that I'm strong enough to, to live through this nisayan. I could get through this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not abandoning me. He's given me the power, if I just dig deep enough, to be able to, to survive it and to thrive. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to allow... I'm not going to have Yish. I'm not going to get despondent. I'm going to find it within me, that strength, that reservoir of... Of emuna, and that will allow me to get through it. And when I do get through it, I'm going to be able to really uh, be a beacon of strength for others. I'll be able to talk to other people and explain to them how it's doable. You can get through this. I've done it. And you could do it. And you get much closer to Hashem, but you just have to get through the obstacle courses. But if you're on the obstacle course, that means HaKadosh Baruch gave you whatever you need to get to the finish line.